Hello, this is Minister Dawn Richards, and thank you for listening again and joining me as we continue in our study on divine protection. When we were together last, we were looking at some of the promises of God concerning our protection in the Word of God, and I pray that you've been studying and putting those in your heart and in your mouth and making them a regular part of your study and releasing your faith. Um, even since we began the study, you can you can go back and you can see just in the news media that the tragedies have only continued to grow and multiply. And as we talked about in our introductory teaching to this series, these are critical times in which we're living. They're dangerous times, the Word of God said, perilous times. So more than ever, it's so important that we become rooted and grounded in the divine protection that God has made available to all of His people. That is a covenant benefit uh, given to us as children of God. So I'm excited to continue our study and to get back into things. And today we're going to shift gears just a bit and we're going to begin talking today about activating so great salvation. You know, the Bible talks about so great salvation and it's a critical part, a lesson that the Lord taught me many years ago to living this life of divine protection it's not something that we should let slip. It's not something that we should take for granted, as the scripture will show. But it's something that we have to be intentional about. Everything in our covenant with God requires our faith and requires our intention. Why is that? Because we have an enemy. We have an adversary, the devil, who roams around like a roaring lion, lion seeking whom he may devour. So if we didn't have that opposing force, if we didn't have the devil on our heels trying to uh, steal from us, kill and destroy as John 10, 10 lays out, then it would be a cakewalk. But we're not in that place yet. That, that comes when we go to be with the Lord in heaven because there is no devil in heaven. There is nothing to resist there. There is no threat of danger. So we don't really need divine protection. We, we are divinely encapsulated at that point. But while we're here in this earth, the word of God has been given to us to live victoriously in every area of life. Glory be to God. And God pressed upon my heart at the beginning of the year to begin teaching his people about divine protection, the things that he's taught me. Not that I know it all, but I'm sharing with you what I do know. And I pray that you'll take this and this will launch you into a life of protection, of peace, of comfort, of security, and a life free from fear. Because we've been called to live free from fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, the word of God clearly says, but a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. So we should not be accepting fear. We should not be living fearful lives, afraid of what's going to happen, afraid of losing our job or having a home invasion or becoming ill or whatever it is the enemy may taunt you with in your thoughts. You have to learn to cast down those vain imaginations and take on what the word of God has said about your life. That should be our final authority in everything that we face in life. Glory be to God. So I want to start this teaching a little differently by actually sharing a testimony. Um, and then we'll kind of get into some of the scriptures and teachings that that came out of that or that, that fed into that. Um, but I thought I'd like to share my testimony at the beginning rather than midway or at the end of the, at the, end of the uh, teaching today. So... Years ago, <laughs> now it's been it's been several years. Um, I was still a student at the time. I was actually a law student in my last year of law school, and it was my birthday of all days. And I was 
you know, had gone through my day of classes, usual daily routine, and I was preparing that afternoon to drive an hour and a half or so to my church. I went to law school in one city. My church was based in another city. And so I would drive up on the weekends typically, but because I really wanted to be in these services, and this was a Monday, this was a school day, as I mentioned, I decided to drive up that evening. I was a little tired, you know, I felt a little sleepy, but I said, oh, I'm going to resist it, flesh, get in line. Probably in hindsight, I should have listened to my body and I should have rested, but I decided to go in any case. So I got on the road in my car, started out to church, to a faith convention of all things. You know, I want to get built up in the word, built up in faith. I was still relatively young in my walk with the Lord. I've been saved for a few years at that point, but I had been growing leaps and bounds just because I was a part of a great church home and had become connected to some great ministries. And I, I'll, I'll just stop to make a quick plug to say that that is something, if you're not currently involved in a church home, you don't have a church family where you regularly regularly connect and submit yourself to the teaching of God's Word, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, then I really want to encourage you to make that a priority in your life right now. You want that spiritual covering that a church home will bring you. And you can pray and ask the Lord, and He'll lead you and show you exactly where you're supposed to be. He did that for me. So back to this, um, although I was you know, still a few years, only a few years into my walk with God, um, dedicated and, and born again and spirit-filled, I grew up going to church, but... This was really when I had sold out to the Lord. I had grown quite a bit in, in faith and in, in, in understanding how things work and putting my faith to work just because of how I was being taught. So got on the road. I was driving and I began to doze off, um, fall asleep in, in brief instances. And then I would catch myself. I would wake up and, you know, I would just be alarmed that I had just fallen asleep. And so that happened a couple of times and in each time I woke up and I was okay the car was still steady there wasn't any you know any anything going on but the last time that I did that when I woke up and I don't know how long my eyes have been closed but when I woke up my car was veering and so I panicked and in panicking I grabbed the wheel of the car and I jerked it really hard in the opposite direction to kind of get it back in my lane stable steady in the right flow of traffic well when I did that I did it so hard that I actually ended up losing control of my car. And so once I lost control of it, it began to spin uncontrollably, uncontrollably. And it just began to spin, spin, spin. So at this point, I literally began to see my life flash before my eyes. I seemingly could see my whole life flashing before my eyes. And I just began to scream, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I mean, you know, it's important what you put in your heart day to day. Because when you get in a crisis situation like that, your spirit man becomes activated and your mind totally shuts down. So if you've been faithful to build up the word of God and meditate on Jesus and your love for him and his love for you, then that's what's going to come out in those times of crisis. If on, on the other hand, you've been faithful to build in trash and negative news and fear and doubt and, you know, profanity and all those things, then that's what's going to come out as well. So do the homework when there's no pressure. And then when the pressure hits, you'll be ready. So I began to scream, Jesus, Jesus. I never lost unconsciousness. My car spun across into the other lane with oncoming traffic. It continued to spin. It went to the embankment. It went over to an embankment. It flipped over the embankment, continued to flip, 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 flip. Boom. 
Finally, I landed upside down in the car. As I mentioned, I never lost consciousness that I'm aware of. When I landed, my car was upside down. I was still alive. Glory be to God, I realized. I had my seatbelt on. That's another just natural thing we can do. And I just, again, I was in totally, you know, survival mode. My spirit man was still in total activation. I just began to think about how I was going to get out of this car. And I was trying to open the door. I couldn't. My doors were entrenched in the ground. Um, and before I could even process another thought almost, it seemed as though God had someone there at my car. Um, a gentleman had come down the embankment who had witnessed the accident. Someone had already called emergency, um, ambulance services. I mean, God is so faithful. He did not abandon me for one second. I mean, as I mentioned, it was almost immediate. This man shows up at my car, my door. Who knows? He could have been an angel, but he was there. He broke the glass, the window to get me out of the car, um, you know, cautioned me to just take it easy because, you know, they didn't know if I would have any injuries or not, but I was walking. I walked away. Um, I did grab my purse and my Bible on the way out. Ladies, you know what I mean? <laughs> Glory to God. So we got to the top of the embankment. And by the time we got to the top of the embankment, the ambulance was there. Um, they began to, you know, check on me just right there on the scene, um, you know, wanting to make sure I didn't have any severe neck injuries that could result in paralysis. So they were really just wanting to, to, to be as, as sensitive to me as possible. Um, while they were doing what they were there to do, I was continuing. And by this time, I'm, you know, I have my wits about me. Um, I thank God I realize I'm okay as far as I know. And um, no pain, no injuries visible. I was speaking the word of God the entire time. I, and, and you know what? That's no time to, to care about who's who's listening, if they understand what you're saying. That has nothing to do with it. You're, you are dealing with the forces of hell that are launched against you, and you have to be bold. And that means opening up your mouth and declaring the word of God, no matter who's looking, no matter who's listening. I was all about releasing the word of God. I didn't want to have a broken arm. I didn't want to have a broken leg. I didn't want anything. Yes, I had my life at that point, and I realized that. But I wanted it to be all good with me. As I mentioned, this was my birthday. I was headed to my church to, to worship God. And I wasn't going to let the devil get away with one thing. So while they were checking me out and preparing to take me to the hospital, I was speaking the word of God. I was thanking God that I would have no broken bones. The scripture talks about that when it refers to Jesus and his crucifixion. It said none of his bones would be broken. I was declaring that over myself. And I was just releasing the faith of God and the word of God and thanking God. I got to the hospital. They checked me out and I was released very shortly thereafter with no injuries. The only thing I had was a very small bruise on my neck from the seatbelt and the, the tension and the rubbing from the seatbelt that had occurred. But I was alive and well. Glory be to God. Now, this meant a lot to me so in so many ways because at that point, not only was I happy for myself, but I was happy for my family because I could only imagine what it would have been like for that hospital to have to reach out to my relatives, my mother in particular, and inform her that her daughter was seriously injured and or dead, you know, worst case scenario. So I was just grateful that I was released and I was able to walk to that lobby and call my mother and yes, give her the bad news that I had been in an accident, but the good news that I was fine, that I was okay. The car was totaled, you know, but that's a material possession that can be replaced. So the most important thing was that my life was redeemed from destruction and if you've been studying those promises of protection that we looked at before, Psalm 103, that's a benefit that God has given us. He has promised 
to redeem our life from destruction. He has promised to satisfy us with a long life and show us his great salvation. Well, I was, you know, I'm still relatively young and I was even younger then. So for my life to have been cut short, that would not have represented a long life. That would not have lined up with the promise of long life that God had given me. And not only a long life, but a strong life. A strong life means a life where I'm not an invalid. I'm not, you know, physically, you know, incapacitated to some degree, but I have all my faculties. I am whole and healthy as a woman of God. And that is what God's word delivered and provided me that day. So I call my mother and she and my grandmother came, you know, I, I told them where I was. I gave them the information and then I just had to wait. It was a waiting game at that point for them to get to me because they were also in another city. They were, you know, at least an hour or two away from me. Um, and so I had to sit and wait for them to come and get me. Again, my car was totaled. It was back at the accident scene. And funny enough, um, I began to get reports from the hospital that people were calling and checking and asking what had happened to that person that was in that horrible accident and if they had died and what the status was. And, and they said, no, you know, she was released. She's fine. And so I'm telling you, it was by all accounts, it should have been a death blow. And I'm sure that that's nothing short of what the enemy had planned for me. He wanted to shut me down then because he, he knew that I was going to be and continue to be a threat I already had started. But I was going to continue and only increasingly become more and more of a threat and a hindrance to his works of darkness and to the kingdom of darkness. And as a child of the light, he would have loved nothing more than to get me out of the way and to silence me. But what he meant for evil, God, glory to God, turned for my good. Now, I'll say, you know, just very briefly that this was also significant because only a few years before that, my own immediate family was impacted with tragedy um, where my father and my younger sister were killed tragically and without, you know, any forewarning. I mean, when you're in a tragic car accident, there's typically you don't know you're going to die in a car accident that day. So they had been killed. And so my family had already been impacted in that way. And um, here I was now, you know, living my life as a young woman without my father, you know, physically present and without my younger sister. And it had taken the hand of God to, to minister and to release me from grief, to give me the joy of the Lord. And so for him to come back and try to inflict that on my family yet again, to inflict that on my mother yet again, to have another one of her children, you know, killed in a car accident would have been in the eyes of the, in the eyes of hell, in the eyes of the devil, a double, a double whammy. But no, God said, no, glory be to God. So I'm there in the waiting room and the Lord speaks to my heart and he says this to me. And this is what launched me into the teaching that we're going to get into um, for a bit. He spoke to my heart and he said, Dawn, that's why I tell my people. And, and let me back up really quickly. I was there and I was processing everything and I was processing, you know, all that had just happened. Oh, my goodness. You know, in such a short amount of time, you know, um, totally unexpectedly, here I was sitting in a, ho in a hospital lobby, um, you know, thankfully, you know, miraculously safe and whole and, and, and unharmed. But yet all this stuff had just happened. And I was thinking through everything and thinking through, you know, how I prayed and just trusting God and, you know, his faithfulness. And he spoke this to my heart. He said, that's why I tell my people 
How shall you escape if you neglect so great a salvation? And so we're going to pick up in the scripture now. We're going to go to Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 2. So I hope you have your Bible handy. If not, go ahead and grab it because we're going to look at some scriptures. And we're going to start. And again, we're talking today about divine protection, activating so great salvation, because that's what God said. He said, that's why I tell my people, how shall you escape? You see, I escaped that day. I escaped when death came knocking, I escaped, glory be to God. So we're not subject to anything that the enemy has and that he tries to launch at us. Even death has to bow in the face of the word of God and the power of God and the love of God. There's nothing greater and no one greater than God and his power. And that includes death. And that day, my life was redeemed from destruction. God spared my life. I like to say he saved my life again. And he's done it again and again since. Glory to God. But he was driving home a point and I and I knew what he meant. And we're going to get into it. So let's let's go to our Bibles in Hebrews chapter two. We're going to start there in verse one and we're going to read down through verse three. And it says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? See, that was what he had spoken to my heart that day in the hospital. Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Now, I want to start by really uncovering and dissecting what salvation really means in its fullness because I think oftentimes when we hear the word salvation we have a limited perspective of what it means so the word salvation actually stems that's the English translation for the Greek word soteria and soteria is all-encompassing so when we talk about salvation and when the Word of God talks about salvation it is referring to and it denotes deliverance, it denotes preservation and salvation, including material and temporal deliverance from danger and apprehension, spiritual and eternal deliverance from death and hell for all who receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And see, I think that's where a lot of people typically stop with their understanding of salvation. We know when we are saved that that means we've been saved from hell, we've been saved from eternal damnation, and now we've been born again into the family of God, into the kingdom of God, and we have eternal life. Yes, that is absolutely salvation, but it goes beyond that because God knew that once we got born again, unless we died right the next moment, we're going to be in this earth for a while. And so we're going to need some salvation right here on this earth. We're going to need some protection. We're going to need some preservation. We're going to need some, you know, deliverance from danger and apprehension. We're going to need all of that. And so God made all of that available to us in his great salvation. Glory be to God. It includes everything, everything that makes for man's highest good. It's complete and total soundness in every area of life. 
So don't limit your understanding and faith and salvation only to your salvation from sin. Okay, glory to God and from hell. I know I'm not going to hell when I die because I've been saved. Well, that's great and that's wonderful. But it's so much more than that. And you have so much more to put your faith in and to rely upon and to trust God for right here in this earth. It's a so great salvation. God said it's not only salvation, but it's great salvation. And one translation even calls it a magnificent salvation. I think that's a message translation, and I love that. It's truly magnificent when you think about what God has done in and for us through his son, Jesus Christ. So knowing that you, as a child of God, have inherited this great and abounding and magnificent and all-encompassing salvation, the obvious question becomes, how do I activate it in my life? You know, so that I can benefit from God's deliverance and preservation from danger and all the other wonderful benefits that the Lord has given through and in his word. That's the question and that's what we're going to we're going to look at. And the answer is not complicated. That's what I that's one thing I love about the Lord. He makes coming to him so simple and easy. He makes knowing him so simple and easy because he's given us his word and he and his word are one. And. He makes receiving from him so easy. So it's not complicated. It's not some theological, mystical formula or anything. And you're going to see it's very simple and it's very doable. And it's, you know, to our chagrin as people of God, if we neglect it. Because if you neglect so great a salvation, then you may not escape. Yes, God is merciful. Yes, he has delivered us so many times when we didn't have a clue. We were deer and head with the headlights, so to speak. But our highest and best and the way we truly honor God is when we walk by faith and we live in faith. He says that it's impossible to please him in Hebrews eleven six without faith. So when the Lord spoke to my heart that day in the hospital lobby and he said, that's why I tell my people, how shall you escape if you neglect so great a salvation. And now you know exactly where he told us. He told us that right here in Hebrews 2. I knew exactly what he was driving home. You see, before my accident that resulted in that trip to the hospital, I had begun learning and acting on some key truths and principles in God's word. I had learned to trust God's word as the final authority for every area of my life and to release my faith in his word through my words, or better yet, through my confession. By confessing God's word, it was made unto me, or it resulted in salvation, deliverance, preservation from danger, divine protection, salvation from an untimely death, and so on. And what the devil had planned for evil, Glory to God was most certainly turned to my good and the good of all those with whom I have shared this testimony over the years since. And see, that's the risk that the enemy takes every time he launches an attack against a saint of God. Sometimes he may get lucky, so to speak, and he's able to score a casualty. But so many times his plan backfires when he encounters a believer who has learned to activate so great salvation. And that should become the norm throughout the body of Christ. He shouldn't be going through the army of the Lord, taking out people and taking out saints, affecting all these casualties. No, he should meet a force 
a quenching force. The Bible says that our faith is a shield to quench all the fiery darts of the devil. And that's what he should encounter. Failure on every front. Glory to God. And God has made it available to us through his word. And when we pick up our next teaching and pick up again next time, we're going to continue looking at activating so great salvation and really get into the specifics of how we do it and launch ourselves to experience life on a higher level. Thank you again for listening and God bless you.